Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Direct Snap. As always, I am your host, Drew Allen. And I know we're a little late on this, but in this episode, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, some fallout from the big game. Um, obviously, you can't call it the Super Bowl anywhere because the uh, NFL will try to deplatform you because <laughs> you know they have the rights to that name. So anyways, uh, we're going to break down the, the Super Bowl. I was kidding. They're not going to try to deplatform me because, well... I'm not going to let them. <laughs> but, uh, so we're going to break down the Super Bowl, talk about some of the fallout from the game. And then, uh, we have a lot of off-season quarterback uncertainty. So we're going to get into a couple situations for some, some big name players, a couple big name players, and then some, some more serviceable guys, uh, who play quarterback in the National Football League and kind of talk about their situation and, you know, see what, what could happen there for each guy. We might go over some potential landing spots for each guy and kind of get an idea of where they stand. So without any further ado, let's uh, let's get into this Super Bowl breakdown. So obviously, unless you've been living under a rock for the last week, uh, the Los Angeles Rams beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20. to uh, It was a really entertaining game. Yeah, you know, going through the box score here, Matt Stafford was 26-40 of 40 for 283 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. And the Rams were only able to run the ball for 43 yards. And Cooper Cup does what he typically does and went off with eight catches for 92 yards and two touchdowns and won the Super Bowl MVP award. Um, it was always either going to be him or, or Aaron Donald. I thought was deserving of it too. He had the two big stops there at the end of the game. Um, but Matt Stafford, man, uh, gets out of Detroit and goes to L.A. And obviously they thought they were only a quarterback away from being able to win the th- win the whole thing, and, you know, they were right. Uh, Jared Goff got got him to a Super Bowl a couple years ago against the, the Patriots and Tom Brady and, and took an L. But Matt Stafford, you know, a guy who can make all the throws, has a much higher ceiling than Jared Goff, was able to get them over the top and win them the Super Bowl. And this really does a lot, you know, for his legacy. Uh, but we'll get more into that from Fallout. Let's just keep running through this box score here. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow for the Bengals was 22 of 33, you know, about a 67% completion percentage uh, for 263 yards and a touchdown. The Bengals rushed for 79 yards, and Joe Mixon uh, also added in a touchdown pass on a halfback pass there in the red zone in the first half on a really nice play call by Zach Taylor. Uh, I think he had about 72 yards rushing, did Mixon. I thought they got away from the running game in the second half. Uh, they were able to run the ball well enough to keep keep that L.A. Rams defense honest. Uh, Burrow was sacked seven times in the second half. I, th- I think it was six in the second half and one in the first half, excuse me, but seven total in that game. And that's a, you know, it's not a recipe for success against a great defensive line like the Rams had with Aaron Donald, who had, I think, two sacks. Von Miller had two sacks. Uh, middle linebacker Ernest Jones had a sack. Um, so I, and a couple other guys did too, obviously. But not a recipe for success for them. Uh, T. Higgins was the most statistically beneficial receiver for Joe Burrow. He had four catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Obviously caught that long bomb with uh, some officiating. You know, people had problems with their no offensive pass interference call on Jalen Ramsey there. Um, We'll get into the officiating because I thought that was kind of a story of the game. And really, in a sense, dictated the outcome. But 
yeah, I mean, this game was won in the second half by the Rams. They were able to move the ball more consistently than the, the Bengals were. And that defensive line really got up in eight like they're capable of. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in football. He's a freak. And then you got, you know, Von Miller, who ain't what he used to be, but he's still a pretty damn good football player in his own right. You know, he's not getting protection slid to him as much because they can put Aaron Donald on the other side and you're going to be more worried about him. So I thought that, and the Rams, Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator, does a really good job of mixing up the looks of that front. So you can't get in a set way of where Aaron Donald and Von Miller are going to line up. And then, oh yeah, they got Leonard Floyd, who's another good pass rusher on the other side of Von Miller, and a couple other good defensive tackles to pair up on the inside with Aaron Donald. Sometimes they kick him out wide to give him a one-on-one rushing ability where the center can't help the guard and he's just one-on-one with the tackle. So they do a lot of interesting things on the front that really help them and provide them with a whole lot of success on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so yeah, the the Rams were obviously down four uh, with about, I think it was about six minutes to go. And Stafford essentially force-fed Cup on a fifth, Cooper Cup on a 15 play drive to score a game-winning touchdown there at the end to put them up 23-20 excuse me, to essentially make them Super Bowl champions. Um, going on to the officiating, as I thought this was, I won't say bad. You know what, I will say bad. It was, it was a bad officiated game down the stretch. There wasn't a whole lot of penalties called earlier in the game and then near the end of the game it was just flags galore the refs you know wanted to get get their quota of flags in so I wasn't a big fan of the officiating I thought early in the game they missed a god-awful holding call on Jalen Ramsey on T Higgins there going into the end zone if he doesn't hold him there it's a touchdown and we're talking about you know potentially 27 to 23 Bengals win Um, and then on the last drive Matt Stafford and them are running the clock down, trying you know trying to score that touchdown to get ahead of the Bengals. And I think it was a third, yeah, a third and goal. There was a holding call on Logan Wilson, the Cincinnati linebacker, and uh, it was the most ticky tack holding call you'll ever see in a, a playoff game, let alone the Super Bowl. I mean, he essentially just touched him. He didn't spin him. He didn't redirect him in any way. And that would have put it fourth and goal from the eight, and the Rams would have had to have gone for it. And instead, it was first and five at, or first and goal, excuse me, at like the four, you know, because that's a half the distance to the goal penalty in that situation. And they had four tries to get in the end zone. They throw a little fade to Cooper Cup. He catches it, and that's your ball game. So I thought the officiating was a little bipolar in a sense that there wasn't really any officiating for three and a half quarters and then the last six minutes of the game it was just flag 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 so you hate to see that I mean I won't say the game's won and lost via penalties but it's definitely a big determining factor you know especially if you're the one legit making a bunch of mistakes and I didn't really think the Bengals did that it was more they got on the wrong end of some calls I know a lot of people wanted to call wanted offensive pass interference on T. Higgins for the 75-yard touchdown that he caught over Jalen Ramsey. And the head official came out and released a statement saying that since the hand went across the face mask 
and didn't turn the head any in any way. He didn't grab it. He didn't, you know, pull him one way or the other. You can touch the face mask. You just can't grab it. I thought it was a good no call. Um, obviously, I said I was rooting for the Bengals, but I thought it was a good no call. Um, it was just a jump ball, and they let him play for it, and T. Higgins came down with it. So I thought the officiating was a little bit bipolar in that sense. Um, but moving on to the some fa- to to the fallout from this game, uh, Matt Stafford, you know, like I said, gets out of Detroit and shows everyone he was underrated. And uh, now, you know, you look at Matt Stafford. I, you know, a year ago we would have said, "Oh, Matt Stafford in the Hall of Fame." Nah, you know, I don't, I don't see it. I think he's a fringe Hall of Famer. I think it's close now. Um, you know. He does something more. You know, he wins another Super Bowl, wins an MVP, and I think he's a lock at that point. I wouldn't vote for him as of right now. But he's definitely moved up that list and has become, you know, a fringe guy. And it's really interesting because where you land, where you get drafted at, especially as a quarterback, dictates a lot of how successful you are. It, I mean, it, it just does. You know, you look at Matt Stafford goes to Detroit, who is the most dysfunctional organization in all of professional football. I mean, you know, I, I know before Brady got to the Bucks, people would you know throw the Bucks in there, and they, they always drafted well. Jason Lick's done a really good job there. I know people would throw the Browns in there, but they've got a great roster now. They, their front office has really done a good job at stacking that roster, even though they're a little light at the quarterback position. But Detroit's really the laughing stock of the NFL. And, you know, he was able to have a good career in Detroit. Obviously, it didn't lead to a whole lot of team success. But, I mean, he put up big numbers there and, and did a nice job. And, you know, people always said, you know, if he could get out of Detroit, he could really do something. You put him on a good team with a good coach and, and things would happen. And, and he made it happen, you know. They they swung that big trade for him, traded Jared Goff, and I think it was two first-round picks for him. And, you know, he made it happen. So, so props to him. Um Obviously, he played at Georgia, so I'm not the biggest fan. But, you know, I mean, he did what he had to do and went out there and, and got it done. And, you know, they can't take that away from you. You know, for the rest of his life, it'll be, you know, Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl 56 champion, at least. You know, barring he, you know, doesn't win another one or not. Um, I really think he did it the right way. I really like the way he went about it. You know, getting out of Detroit. He was drafted there. After the 2008 college football season, so what would that be, the 2009 draft, I think, he, uh, you know, just put his head down, worked, played hurt, you know, never really, he never complained in the public eye. He might have complained behind the scenes, but it never got out to the media and never to us as fans of, you know, football. Uh, and that's unlike uh, a guy we've, we're going to talk about here in a little bit, in his own division, you know, he was never surrounded by good players. He plays for the most dysfunctional team outside of the Thanksgiving Day game. No one watches Detroit. And, you know, he just went about his business, and he goes, can I have a trade, please? Like, I've, I've worked hard for this organization, and they were like, yeah. They traded him within his conference. You know, he got to essentially pick his team where he wanted to go. Um, so I thought it was a very classy way to break that relationship up between Stafford and the Lions. So, you know, props to him for doing it the right way. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what more can you say about Matt Stafford? He's a Super Bowl champion, and, you know, you can't take that away from him. But flipping over to the Bengals here for a minute, uh, I believe the Bengals 
will get back here with Burrow. But the number one thing they got to do, they got some money. They got some cap space. Invest in your own line. Go get the best offensive line on the market. And their first four draft picks this year should be all offensive linemen. Without question, take offensive linemen. Please, protect Joe Burrow at all costs. In two games in the playoffs, the game at Tennessee and the game in the Super Bowl, in those two games, he was sacked a combined 16 times. A, you can't win like that, and B, you can't have your quarterback taking hits like that. I mean, Cam Newton was able to take hits like that for a long time, you know, running the football stuff, but he's a lot bigger than Joe Burrow, and we saw it catch up with Cam eventually. You know, I love Joe Burrow. I think we should, you know, praise what he meant to this organization, getting drafted. They win two games the year before he's drafted. He gets hurt last year, tears his knee apart, comes back and leads him to the Super Bowl. Protect that kid at all costs, because as long as Joe Burrow's there and they surround him with a decent roster, he's going to get you to the playoffs, and he's going to get you to the Super Bowl a couple times. I really believe that. I think he's going to win a couple Super Bowls. The AFC is littered with good young quarterbacks. It's really a murderer's row for the next you know, 10, 15 years, especially with you know, Burrow and Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Um, you know, it's just loaded. You know, I think... There's going to be a couple more kids pop up in the next few years who are going to be, you know, really good quarterbacks potentially on AFC teams. That that conference is loaded. You know, then you got Lamar Jackson, and I mean it's it's a loaded conference. It's way more loaded than the NFC. The NFC is kind of light right now. But like I said, I think that the Bengals will get back here a, a couple more times with Joe Burrow, and I think they're going to break through and win a Super Bowl with that guy because when you have a guy like that who everybody believes in, it inspires the rest of his team. They play up because they know they have that guy and that guy can get you to the promised land. On another note, real quick, this is a football podcast, but the halftime show, to me, was the second greatest ever. I'm a big fan of that era of hip-hop, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent. I thought they did a great job. It's the second best ever behind Prince. You can't beat him playing Purple Rain in the rain in South Beach, in my opinion. But as we move on here, now we're going to talk about some of this offseason quarterback uncertainty. So we got a couple, probably, you know, a good handful of guys here we're going to talk about because the NFL is moving in a way similar to the NBA where there's going to be superstar movement more than there has been in the past. Um, obviously a lot of guys saw what Brady was able to do and go somewhere else and, and win a chip. So we're going to talk about a few of those guys right now. The first guy we're going to talk about is the guy I was alluding to when talking about how Matt Stafford did it the right way. Because this guy, in my opinion, has not done it the right way. And that's Aaron Rodgers. He is complained. He throws hissy fits in the media even though he is the quarterback of one of the most respected organizations in all of pro football, one of the best drafting and developing organizations in football, it's never enough for Aaron Rodgers. And anytime he does something wrong, it's always someone else's fault. And he unjustly won the MVP award this year because the league just feels bad for him because he can't win when it matters most. 
But anyways, obviously, before I go any further, not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. That said, we'll touch on something else later when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. But the biggest question is, does he leave Green Bay? Obviously, last season, he holds him hostage for most of the offseason. Offseason, if I could speak. And, you know, does he leave? Does he stay? Does he, there's a potential he could retire. You know, there was talking about taking the Jeopardy hosting gig last year, which would be a weird <laughs> next step in his career, going from, you know, being a quarterback of one of the most storied organizations in the National Football League to being the Jeopardy host. But, you know, what's what's he going to do? Um, I think he's the biggest domino in the NFL offseason in terms of quarterbacks to fall. Where does he go? Does he stay? Does he hang him up? I don't think he hangs him up. I think he either stays in Green Bay or goes somewhere else. But I think that Green Bay is the best place for him. Um, there's a lot of comfor- comfortability there. And... They have a really good running game with Aaron Jones. Obviously, they were able to lock him up to a long-term deal. And, you know, Devontae Adams, his favorite target, is a free agent. Um, He's going wherever Aaron goes, in my opinion. If Aaron leaves, he's going to try to leave, even though they could franchise tag him. But I don't see a situation where if Aaron's not the quarterback in Green Bay, Devontae Adams isn't the number one option there in Green Bay. He's going to be the number one option wherever he goes um, because he's going to be playing with Aaron more than likely because he's one of, if not the best receiver in football. But, you know, in terms of a couple potential landing spots for him, you know, I could see Tennessee, you know, Ryan Tannehill's not, in my opinion, the answer there. They got a really good defense. They got Derrick Henry. It's a really good running game. Then you look on the outside, you got A.J. Brown, who's an emerging superstar, who I really like, big fan of. You got an aging Julio Jones. Um, If, you know, if they could get Devontae too, that'd be – crazy uh it'd be a crazy offense to watch you know you could do a lot of play action and stuff there rely on uh, king henry to run the ball um you know denver's a place that everyone's talking about really good defense really good roster an assortment of weapons a good young young running back in javante williams solid offensive line uh his offensive coordinator nathaniel hackett was just named the head coach there a couple weeks ago so that that makes a lot of sense Obviously, I don't think Green Bay would want to trade him in the division um, or in the conference, excuse me. So, you know, place like that, but does Aaron want to go there? And, you know, four games out of the year, he's playing Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. And, oh, yeah, the other two conference games he has are against Derek Carr, who, in my opinion, is the most underrated good quarterback in the National Football League. You know, that's a potential spot. I think Indianapolis is a potential landing spot for for Aaron Rodgers, if he does want to leave, I think that's maybe the best one, honestly. They have a good offensive line. Jonathan Taylor's a stud running back. You know, they could use Devontae, obviously. You know, there's not an NFL team that if Devontae Adams wants to come play for you, say no. But they could use a star receiver. I like Michael Pittman, who's a, you know, a young receiver who's coming on. They got a really good defense, really good linebacking core, really good defensive line. I think that would be a, a really nice spot to land you know, a spot I'd be looking at if I was Aaron Rodgers. But ultimately, I think he's going to stay in Green Bay for at least one more year. He's got, I think, one more year left on his deal. They reportedly want to go all in on, you know, surrounding him with whatever he wants. So I think he's going to stay in Green Bay, but it will be interesting to see what happens there. In terms of others, another star quarterback, we have Russell Wilson. Uh, does he try to force his way out of Seattle? Um, 
I really think Seattle has done him no favors the last few years with their bad offensive line play. Pete Carroll's a defensive coach. The defense hasn't been good, um, especially you know those these last two or three years. Um, I just don't think they put him in the best position for him to lead them to where he's capable of leading them to. Bad offensive line play. He's running around a lot. You know, he's got some good receivers on the outside, Tyler Lockett, the physical specimen that is DK Metcalf. But I just, I don't feel like they do him any favors, man. I really don't. Obviously, you know, last season there was some rumblings he wanted to leave. Does that continue this offseason? I think it will. I think, you know, there's some, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, looking at it where he said he wanted to play at, a couple plays he wouldn't he would like to play at last season, or this way he didn't say this, but it got reported that uh, New Orleans was a big one because of Sean Payton. Well, Sean Payton's no longer the coach there, and they're like wildly over the cap. Then you look at a place you know like Chicago, they got they, Justin Fields. What you know they want to see what they have in him. Las Vegas sounds like they're going to give Derek Carr that contract extension as they should. You know, I mean, I, I Russell Wilson to me is an upgrade over Derek Carr, but. I just don't foresee that happening. So I think he's going to stay in Seattle, but things get really interesting really quick if Russell Wilson starts demanding a trade and wanting to get out of the Pacific Northwest and go to a place that might do him some more favors in terms of putting a better team around him to get to a potential Super Bowl. Uh, Pittsburgh's another place, maybe. Not a great defense or offensive line. But they do have some weapons on the outside. Got a good running back in Najee Harris and a, a really good defense. And Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in football. So that'd be another potential place, you know. I could look to see Russell, you know, trying to go. I haven't, I haven't seen their cap space, so I'm not sure what that would, would do. But moving on here to Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals quarterback. Uh, this one kind of came out of nowhere. He has some drama with the Cardinals. He believes that they really set him up for failure in the playoffs after they got demolished in that wild card round to the eventual Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams on the first Monday night football game, uh, Monday night football playoff game ever. Um, you know, the Cardinals believe he's kind of immature and really is only caring about himself. He's selfish and doesn't really, you know, care about the team's success as long as he's putting up gaudy numbers. I like it. I enjoy watching Kyler Murray play football you know, he, he runs around back there. He can make a lot of things happen. I ultimately don't think he goes anywhere. He's, you know, still a, not a rookie quarterback, but he's on his rookie deal. And I just don't foresee him him going anywhere. Uh, moving on to another NFC West quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, Jimmy G is definitely getting traded in order to make room for Trey Lance to come in take over the reins at quarterback in that, you know, zone running scheme offense Kyle Shanahan likes to run. So, here's the thing with Jimmy G. He's not great. You know, he's not, you know, a Josh Allen, a Tom Brady. Well, no one's Tom Brady, but he's not a Josh Allen. He's not Justin Herbert. He's not, you know, Joe Burrow. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Aaron Rodgers. But he's a solid NFL starting quarterback, in my opinion. Like, you know, you put a good team around him, he's going to go out there and win you 10 and 11 ball games. So I think 
he's in a position to get traded to a place where he can be kind of a stopgap again. You know, somewhere like a Pittsburgh who's moving on from, or, you know, Big Ben's retiring. They're not moving on from But somewhere like that where they could draft a quarterback, he could be a one-year, you know, stopgap. Somewhere even like maybe Tampa makes sense as a potential landing spot. Um, I mean, Denver makes sense if they don't, you know, get Aaron Rodgers or something like that. He's solid, solid running game, good receivers, good defense. Now, I mean, he doesn't stand a great shot at beating Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and Patrick Mahomes a lot. But, you know, that's just six games. You lose those six games and win all your other ones that, you know, you're 11-6 and and probably in the playoffs. So I think that's a potential landing spot. Um, Obviously, Tampa, I mentioned them. Tom Brady retires. Kyle Trask. I'd be ready to hand the reins over to Trask personally, obviously, as a Florida fan. I think he's a smart kid. He's got a loaded roster, um, loaded receiving core. Obviously, they can bring Chris Godwin back. But, you know, somewhere like that makes a lot of sense to me. Pittsburgh, Denver, you know, Indy, not really. I think they're looking for more of a a bigger saw um, for their, you know, problems they're running into. And the guy we're talking about next with Carson Wentz here in Indianapolis. Um, there's rumors he could be cut or traded. I think it's before March 15th um, to save the Colts $15 million of his roster bonus, I think it is. But this kind of feels like the front office is mad that they didn't make the playoffs. You know, they traded a lot. Not a lot, but a conditional second-round pick that became a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. I think he'll probably be back unless they get an Aaron Rodgers or something like that. But, you know, or maybe even Russell Wilson. I think that's a good spot for, for him as well, if I didn't mention them when discussing him. But if they don't, Carson Wentz is in the same boat that I would put Jimmy G in they're going to make some mistakes that you know may really make you scratch your head you know they force the ball or try to you know avoid a sack and just heave one up in the air for no particular reason other than to avoid the sack and it gets picked and it's ugly but they're they're both serviceable they both can win you football games obviously before he tore his knee up Carson Wentz when he was in Philly was looked at as a MVP candidate that year and they went on to win the Super Bowl without him so, I mean, he's an interesting thing. I really think that's more of a, or kind of, you know, P.O. that we didn't make the playoffs, so, you know, we might not give you your $15 million. But ultimately, I think he ends up back in Indy. I just think that makes too much sense. And lastly, in terms of guys we will talk about, because we have one team that I think is going to be really interesting to see what they do at the quarterback position, the last guy we have to talk about is Deshaun Watson in Houston. Obviously, didn't play this year. Um, as we get into a lot here, this is a, a big box to unpack. Um, I, I think he's more than likely going to get traded. Um, but the problem with that is he has a mountain of off-the-field issues with all these sexual assault allegations. Um, on another note, I do find it interesting that Aaron Rodgers got killed for quote-unquote lying saying he was, you know, immunized to COVID but wasn't vaccinated. And, you know, that's your own choice. If you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. If you do, do. I, it doesn't really make a big difference to me, even though it's not really a vaccine because you can still get COVID. But I digress. This is not a political podcast. But Sean Watson got less media coverage and slander for 
the I think it's 24 women who have alleged sexual mis sexual misconduct against him than Aaron Rodgers did for that, and I, I find that absolute blasphemy. Um, it's ridiculous that we can kill a guy for a personal choice, but we can't. We don't slander a guy for essentially committing one of the worst things you can do to another person. If it's true, it's alleged. It hasn't been proven. But if it is true, that's, you know, awful. And he should be, in my opinion, you know, blackballed from the league. But he is a, he's a really good football player. You know, if it's not true, um, he is a great football player. But you kind of got to wait and see what, you know, the legal system, how that works itself out, how... You know, the league handles it. Is he going to get suspended by the league and Goodell? So, I mean, he's he can really put your team over the top, potentially. You know, a team like a Tampa or, you know, Denver or something like that. He can really, you know, come in and, and put you over the top because he is a really good football player. But that that's a sticky situation there in Houston, man. Obviously, they want to move on from him. Davis Mills plays, played okay this year. Obviously, that's a really bad roster. But it's uh, this is a sticky situation, and I I wouldn't want to be in charge of it if I'm being honest with you. Like I said, I just you gotta wait. And, that's a wait and see type thing. If if it comes out, you know that it didn't happen, and you know he was innocent the whole time, then then it's easy to trade for him. But anything other than that, it's it's going to be pretty difficult to, from a PR perspective, to go get that guy and have. 100% of your fan base be happy about it. Um, and like I said, I'm not a Aaron Rodgers fan by any means, but the hate he got for being, for not wanting to get vaccinated versus the hate Deshaun Watson's got for, you know, sexual misconduct on 24 counts, I think it is. And please forgive me if I'm a little off there in the numbers, but I, I do believe it's 24, you know, alleged cases against him. There is ridiculous to me. But uh, moving on here, the team, the next team we're going to talk about is Tampa Bay. I feel like this is an interesting team to watch because that lo that roster is really good. Obviously, Tom Brady is retiring. Um, there's potential he could come back. It sounds like, you know, they're holding the door open for him. If he wants to come back, they would take him back. But, you know, there's rumors out there he got frustrated with the lack of focus, you know, the second half of the season there by the organization and you know some of the players um but they, they also have their eyes on some big fish as i've you know seen rumors they're interested in russell wilson um, i don't think aaron Rodgers would go to tampa i just don't think that makes any sense i don't really think you want to be the guy who replaces tom brady in anything football related um but if they don't get one of those you know they have kyle trask and they draft in the second round maybe they go and get a stopgap like jimmy g or carson wentz to you know hold it over for a year, and then they hand the reins to Trask next year. I think Trask has a higher ceiling than both those guys, personally. He's a really smart guy. NFL arm, can make all the throws. He doesn't have a Josh Allen arm, but he's got an NFL arm. He can make all the throws. Smart dude, very cerebral. Sits back there, can pick you apart. Not the most mobile, but neither was Tom Brady. So, And I'm not comparing them, but they have a really good offensive line. They can keep him upright. I really think he could do good things there. So, like I said, they're, they're a team to watch. And then moving on to next week's episode, what we're going to do is I'm going to rank all 32 NFL teams in terms of quarterback situation. 
where they currently sit right now as we speak about their quarterback situation, you know, barring anything crazy happening, uh, obviously if a guy's not under contract for next year, he will not count towards their standing. But, you know, your Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to you know, rank him for Green Bay unless, you know, he retires before now and then. I don't see that happening. Or, or some trade goes down. Obviously, I don't think that's going to happen either. So we're going to rank all 32 NFL teams based on their quarterback situation. So be in, on the lookout for that. Please leave us a like, subscribe, leave a comment on what you'd like to see, what you'd like to hear more of. And I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody.